Hello, and welcome to Series 1, Episode 6 of Heart Points, a one-on-one couples actual play podcast. I'm your GM and husband, Zach. I am your player and wife, Diana. Hello, my dear. Hi. How are you doing? I am recovering from this sickness that has kicked my behind for way, way too long, but I'm on the... I'm on the other end of the bell curve, so I'm feeling better. Yeah, you're almost, you almost never get sick. I know, and I've been sick for a while. I think you got me sick. I did not. My throat is all tickly. You're just a hypochondriac. I am that. That's you, true. You are. You want to know about a fun thing I found out? Okay, yes. What is your fun fact? Well, my it's not so much a fun fact, but it is a relevant thing. I mean, it's fun. Um, so when you Google heart points... Because mm-hmm. I'm very lazy, I will I will Google I will put in the least amount of work as possible when Googling something. Mm-hmm. Um, Heart Points is actually an app developed by a Christian person company. I don't know, um, but Heart Points is it a Christian dating app. No, Heart Points app helps Christians track how well or wobbly they walk with the Lord. Oh, according oh. to this, so it this thing. so it actually it's like a gamification app for I, Christianity. I think so. Oh, okay. Um, it's dubbed a GPS for the Christian heart. A GPS for the... That's... Yeah, it's supposed to help you monitor your, your spiritual growth or struggles by checking in with their activities throughout the day. I just want to be very clear. We didn't know this existed when we came up with our podcast. We are no way affiliated with this Christian GPS. Don't don't, don't Google it and then download it and think you're getting us. <laughs> I think I think I I think they'll be fine. I mean, I don't think they're gonna like read the description on the app store and be like, oh, you know what? I bet this is probably affiliated with uh, those two people who talk about hyena people a lot. <laughs> I don't think they're gonna make that mistake. But I don't. I, um, I want to be. I just want to be very clear. Speaking of fun facts, before we get started, a few weeks ago, you tried to grace us. With a fun fact, <laughs> yeah, with a sting. I did. In, in the in the sign-off. Yeah. And um, I made fun of you. Yes, you Because did. I said that you got it wrong. Yes. Was I right and you were wrong? You were right. Yes! Um, well, you were, you were partially right in that, in that you were right that cougars can be panthers. Yes. You said cougars and I was all like, no, Diana, you're wrong. It's not cougars. It's jaguars or whatever one right. you left off. Right. You left off either jaguar or leopard. No, I had leopard because there you were leopards leopard at the zoo cougars. that I went to. And I was all like, it's not cougars. It is cougars too. So, it's all three? Yeah, it's all so, three. So we were all right. You were gold, right. Gold stars all the way around. But the important part of that favorite fact, that fun fact, Zach, mm-hmm. is that my favorite version is the leopard panther because I think they're just cooler to look at. Why is that important? Because that was the whole reason that I was telling that fun fact. Oh, okay. Was to share with the world that my favorite because that's all anyone cares about. Let's be real here. Okay. My favorite is the leopard one. Okay. Though the cougar one is okay, too. Okay. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I used to tell my students sad facts. Yes, you did. There's that, the whale one. Yeah, you the tell them. 52 gigahertz whale. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, this is not what this podcast is. This <laughs> is a role-playing game podcast. Yay, so, role-playing games. This is episode six yes, of Sal's Segarasa campaign. Yeah. And to recap very briefly, yes. Sal escaped from a bandit from an attempted mugging. With a creepy, creepy name. Esteban. Yeah. Creepy. Escaped from Esteban, 
went into Dwarftown, made some friends with, well, a dwarf named Zofia, who gave you some fare to take a rickshaw into the center of town. Yep. Where you found the hill and temple of Ukorosau. And Sal was just about to make her way into the temple when we stopped. Yeah. So do you want to just pick up there? No, actually, I want to go back to the very beginning where we start all the way over. I think... <laughs> I am so funny. <laughs> I am so funny. Uh, no, let's start there. I don't really want to go back and oh, okay. do this all over all again. Right. You don't want to restart? No, no, thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> so Sal is at the base of the hill. There's this massive hill in the center of town surrounded by a park, and at the top of this hill is the temple Ukurosan. Right. There is a very long stairway made mm-hmm. of white stone that leads up to the temple, and occasionally the stairs break off into, how should I say this? The hill is tiered, so there's like walkways okay. that in two places, it, so the hill is cut into thirds, right? Okay. So there's like a small walkway on the bottom third, a small walkway on the top third, and at the very top of the hill is the temple. Right. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. So Sal makes her way up, and as she's going, she sees there's all these people, right, uh, going up the stairs and down the stairs, hanging out and talking. She sees couples talking on the hill, groups of young people hanging out and playing games, playing dice games, and just basically spending their day. Until Sal gets to the top of the hill and the temple. Right. So the temple is this massive building that has four towers on each corner, which are connected by actually a pretty low wall. And it's it's all composed of this white stone that is bright and obviously very well kept. Um, it would be very easy for this stone to get dirty, and it's not. So, and then there's uh, this gate that leads you through. Okay. And before Sal even enters the gate... She can see that there's a massive courtyard before the actual temple itself. Other things that she can see from this point are the domes at the top of the temple, which are called kuba. Uh, And these are done with gold plating, and they have intricate pink and blue designs etched into them. So they shine with the sun, and they just put off this beautiful geometry done done into the top. And the two tall towers that rise on either side of the domes, as well as the bell tower that rises from the center, Cuba, from the center dome. This is very massive and, like, impressive. Yes. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's this huge, impressive temple with a lot of people visiting it. And there are people hanging out in the courtyard. There are benches in the courtyard green grass which i've said a few times that this hill is grassy right which is weird kind of a surprising thing to see in the Asha steps right it's a very stony region you don't see a lot of grass but right. this is grassy and flourishing and green is that why the temple is here because the grass is already here or did the grass follow the temple is there like a legend about that that i would know you could try to spout lore yeah i'm just curious okay I'm gonna... first roll of the day and I got a seven. What do you add to that? Intelligence. Which is an eight. So you got an eight? Yeah. So what I will say is the first thing that Sal sees through the gate, 
it's not even so much a gate as it is a gap in the wall. Okay. Through the gap in the wall, Sal sees this long reflecting pool. And at the end of the reflecting pool in front of the temple is this huge black stone statue. It's on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And at its feet above the pedestal, water is pouring over the pedestal into this reflecting pool. Okay. So somewhere around here, there is a water source where all this water is coming from. Um, hence the greenery. Hence the greenery. Uh, and this figure is uh, a massive, muscular man carved into the black stone. And in his hand, he's holding a bident. What is that? A bident is a two-pronged trident. Oh, that's weird. What are those for? Well, this one... Pro- they're probably less good at stabbing. Is, this one is curved like a crescent moon at the top. So it's, oh. it's got this like sharp curve. It, it's almost it's like one blade that is a sharp curve with two points at okay. the top. Not very good for stabbing though. That, no. I feel like that would be very inefficient for stabbing. That's very or or what is the word? Ornate. No, but like for decoration. Is ornamental. That ornamental. It's very ornamental. I feel like that wouldn't be very good at like for a function. Um, they're very good at slicing. Slice. Is this a real weapon? Oh yeah. Oh. I thought you just made it up. I actually recently saw uh, pictures of, and I'm not sure how true this was. This was in one of our nonfiction collections at work, though. Gladiators with Biden arrows, like exactly as I described, using them to hunt ostriches. What? Because if you shot one, right, the two prongs would, and the blade in the center would go around the ostrich's tall, skinny neck and just decapitate it. What? That's so smart, though. <laughs> a, it's really smart. B, it's really upsetting. Yeah, that's horrific. Of, on like a lot of. Levels. That is just legit horrific, but, but just, like, so it right smart. Off. So easy, right? Well, because ostriches aren't they mean? I think ostriches are really mean. Like they'll like attack you. Yeah, that's really smart. Right. But also, just like really mean, but really smart. Yeah. The old times, they knew how to kill things efficiently. Now, would I recognize this figure? From my book of Legends of Heroes Past. Or do I just kind of know yes. that it's the, the founder, like the creator? No, you... Which I wrote down somewhere. And I think because you've already learned about this figure before. So I will tell you that this is a massive statue of uh, Averius, the god of the desert and protector of devils. Okay. Protector from devils. Okay. This is a new location. So you can ask me, and and this statue is of Averius, so you... Uh, you can ask me any one question about this location. I love it. I love that you are checking up on my things more than I am. I love that. I mean, I did kind of ask my question. Yeah, but you rolled for... Um, to spout lore about it. To spout lore. So... So I get another question. Yeah, you get a question specifically related to... Him? Yes. Or this... All right, this is a temple to Averius. Okay, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Is the black stone statue made out of onyx? Like, am I supposed to be like, that is an incredibly expensive statue. This is an incredibly, like, very nice place. Or is it just like they took whatever rock and made a statue out of it? Like, how impressed by this statue should I be? I think pretty impressed. Both the white marble and this black... Stone? Black marble? Black stone? I mean, there is black marble. There's also, like, just other black stones. Yeah. What's the really brittle one I'm thinking of? Gold? Gold's not very strong. No, but gold isn't brittle. What's the black brittle... It's dragon glass in Game of Thrones? Why can't I think of it? That's really bothering me that I'm having a brain 
stump on this. Anyway, no, it's it's Blackstone. Hold on, pause. You make fun of me all the time because I combine idioms constantly, and you just said brain stump. <laughs> That's not a thing. You are stumped, or you have a brain fart. You don't have say, a brain I know, stump. I know. I didn't want to say brain fart. <laughs> Oh, you are never living that down. Farts are obscene, so, so I don't, I don't think say. farts are obscene. They're never farts are gross. You're gross. Both the Blackstone and the Whitestone, both very expensive. Okay. So this is something that impressed. people have taken great care to make look very nice. Got it. So, so I see people around this fountain with me. Uh, yeah, there are people, there are tourists, citizens, people just kind of hanging out in the courtyard talking kind of enjoying each other's company pretty much yeah okay some people are making their way into and out of the uh temple proper i walk around the fountain kind of admiring it and the statue before making my way inside the temple temple proper the temple proper is one massive room there's the front wall that you walk through the two walls on the side are composed of massive, innately carved windows that show you the outside, like that, so that this is an open air temple. Mm-hmm. And there's two walls, so mm-hmm. it kind of like sl- the the wall spaces like slalom, right? So okay. where there's a gap in one wall, behind it there's a like a window, and vice versa. Right. Okay. Basically, just making this like a very big open air area. Got it. And on the back of the temple, there is a proper wall again. And against this proper wall is Ukorosao. Ukorosao is a huge purple pinkish Sephira crystal. It is the largest Sephira crystal ever uncovered. Okay. Which I don't mind just telling you that because your father was in the mining guild, right? So I would recognize it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> it is the largest Sephira crystal ever uncovered. Plus, wouldn't that be kind of like common knowledge about this heart anyway? Yeah, probably. Okay. It's suspended, like, in the middle of the wall, uh, hanging from these golden chains in a golden harness above an unlit brazier. That's pretty much the entirety of the temple. So you ever see... Have you ever seen A Knight's Tale? Yes. We've watched it several times. It's because it's my favorite movie. It's amazing. But anyway, there's a scene where... I forget her name. Well, that's a problem. I can't say it's my favorite movie and then forget the actress. It doesn't matter. She's in a church and she's admiring the stained glass and she's just kind of like, she'll walk a little bit, she'll stop, she'll walk a little bit, she'll stop. So that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm like walking a little bit, I'm looking around, I'm checking things out, I'm walking a little bit before I get to the heart. And I'm just kind of staring at the heart when I get there. not saying anything to anybody, but I am observing like the people around me. There are some people kneeling and praying. There are some people sitting uh, cross-legged with pamphlets reading from it, um, reading aloud. There are men and women, human and otherwise, that look like they might be priests, dressed in white with pink lining. On either side of the crystal, like in the corner on either side of the crystal, are doors. There's Mm -hmm. two doors on either side that lead back behind it. But you find yourself at the front of the room, standing in front of the Ukurosao. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while, someone will walk up past you and kind of like touch the brazier that it sits above. And uh, maybe they'll, maybe they'll say a prayer, or they'll say something, and then they'll walk back. Uh, people drop money in a s- small silver tin in front of it, and yeah, they're basically just doing their normal temple pilgrimage thing. Do I see anybody walk into those doors that lead behind it? 
Or is it just the priests? Yeah, no, nobody, you don't see the doors open or close. I guess I continue to stay there, look at it for a little bit, kind of like looking like I'm paying my respects to it. And then I start making my way out by going out one of the holes in the wall. So yeah, so you make your way out, um, slipping through those those holes, those windows. You go out in between the temple, that wall, the like open air wall, and the more like fortressy wall, that low wall that cordons off the whole temple. Yeah. Uh, there's a walkway that leads back behind Ukorosan and back up front to the courtyard. I take it behind Ukorosan. Uh, when you go behind Ukorosan, there is a cluster of buildings. One of those buildings is two stories. The rest are, which is kind of unusual in Sagaransa, most of them are one story. Okay. Um, this one is two story and it ends with like a, it has a large dome. Actually, there's two domed buildings uh, back here. But the one that I'm describing also has like a large circular opening facing towards the sky. Otherwise, there's like a cluster of buildings. And there's a few priests walking around back here. Um, but no tourists? No, fewer tourists. Fewer or no? I'm going to say no. Okay, so then I would stand out like a sore thumb if I walked back there. So I don't. I can tell you put a lot of thought and effort into planning what those look like, but I'm not going anywhere near them because I can't do it in a sneaky way. Okay. And I don't feel like she would take that risk. So I am going to go back. No, I'm, no, I'm going to walk around a little bit more, but I'm not going to go like in any of those buildings or go anywhere where there aren't any tourists. Like I don't want to stand out. Okay. So wait, so where are you going? I'm I'm walking around Ukorosan, but I'm not going... Like, if there are, like you said, there are no tourists, there's only priests, mm-hmm. I'm turning around, like, on my heel, I'm about facing, and I'm walking in the other direction. So back to the courtyard? Yeah. So you walk back around to the front of Ukorosan, and when you enter into the courtyard, you see now that there's still kind of the people that were out there before you entered and kind of spent some time in the temple, like, spread out, dispersed. Okay. There's also a group of people near the entrance Mm -hmm. that are huddled together in like a crowd there's a lot of talking coming from that group as they all kind of like face inward i head over to the group when you go into this crowd you see it's a it's a pretty decent size maybe 20 people gathered around and they're surrounding these two people who are having a public argument We'll put it that way. Okay. The first person is a tall woman who is wearing almost like a suit, uh, like how we would picture a suit. Okay. But she also has armor on in like patchwork armor. Okay. Kind of surrounding. She has like a gorget and a pauldron and like the pauldron on her right shoulder and it kind of leads down into a gauntlet. And her right leg is kind of armored as well with this nice silver armor. Okay. And her hair is done up in, it's done up in braids behind the back of her head. And she has this very sharp, angry look to her face. Okay. And she is talking to a small, well-dressed halfling. Um, oh, I, have a, I have a special place for halflings. I know. Halflings are great. And he is uh, very well-kempt. Also very nicely dressed, but not wearing, like, armor like she is. Okay. The people around are kind of 
listening to them and talking amongst themselves, like as as these two people talk. Uh, these two people also have groups of people, like sura- like uh, like the halflings to one side, the tall, slightly armored people to the other side, mm-hmm. and then random on on watchers, onlookers mm-hmm. looking at them. Yeah. Okay. And the human <laughs> woman goes, "I don't want your empty assurances, Pete Myth. I want real plans." And Pete Myth, the halfling, he kind of like rolls his eyes to his compatriots, and he goes, "I don't know what you want from me, Messiah." The steps are a dangerous place. Sebastiao is aware of the problem. And uh, Messiah goes, Sebastiao has been aware of the problem for five years, and he's done nothing. And they kind of go back and forth like that for a little while. What do I learn from this conversation? Other than Sebastiao has done nothing, he's apparently some sort of person in power, Mm -hmm. and the halfling is supposed to somehow do something about it for the human woman? Pete Myth goes... We can't help it here if raiders attack people out on the steps. There's nothing that we can do. And Messia turns back to him and she goes, We have a responsibility to our people to make sure that those monsters aren't lurking about in our myths. And you know that there is a problem and you do nothing. Pete Myth goes, They aren't harming anybody. They're fine where they are and we're, we're keeping an eye on them, Messia. I don't know what else that you want us to do. And she goes, I want you to exterminate the problem or to give me the authority to do it. Whew. That's some deep stuff. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they are talking about the Null Raiders and that she wants the Null Raiders exterminated. But that little baby was just looking for some food. And so was that guy mm-hmm. that I tripped and then also helped by stalling the other the, the guards. Yeah, but then let the guards chase after him and okay, stole well, the food that he was trying to well, steal. Well, I mean, it was done. The deed had been done. What was <laughs> I supposed to do? Okay, so they're talking about the Null Raiders. She wants them gone. He's kind of a friend to them. All right. So I kind of slowly start, like, inching my way over to the halfling side to see if there's, like, someone I can cozy up to and be like, hey, what's going on? Why don't you roll plus charisma to see if you can find somebody to kind of talk to you? That's a five, but I got a plus two, so that's a seven. That's a medium. I don't fail that. There's a guy who's kind of very intently watching this, and he uh, he's he's standing behind the halfling's kind of posse. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what do you ask him as he's watching this kind of go down? He's got his arms crossed, and he's kind of just watching this happen. I kind of like back of my hand tap him on the shoulder hit you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and i go hey what's going on he raises an eyebrow and he goes um another group was attacked by gnolls outside the city last night and the soldiers guild is asking for permission to uh kick them out of the city once and for all but the damn cowards in charge refuse to do anything i was a part of that group that got attacked. He actually looks interested now, and he goes, "He goes, were you really?" Yeah, I fought one of them. He actually like puts his hands over his mouth and he goes, "Hey, there's someone who was with the caravan right here." Pete Myth turns around because you were behind him, and Messiah kind of like tries to look over the crowd, and she goes, "Who?" Me. And the crowd kind of like parts around you and kind of oh, pushes you forward a little so bit. Special. Okay, I'm sorry. That was weird. Um. <laughs> And you kind of get pushed forward, and you're still on Pete Myth's side. Messiah looks you over, and she goes, 
She goes, you were with the caravan last night? Yeah, I was. She looks at Pete Myth and she goes, this person was almost killed. No, it wasn't. By... <laughs> she, she looks at you. She shoots daggers at you. And in fact, I think defy danger through charm. Yeah, this is my best stat. I got an 11 plus 2. That's a 13. Okay. I own this. <laughs> Pete Myth turns to you and he goes, <clears throat> he, he looks at you and he looks back at Messia and he goes, you weren't in any danger? No, I was in danger, but I defended myself. I was fine. I think if you're going to go across the steps, you know that you're putting yourself in danger. You come prepared. Pima turns to Messiah and he goes, See, Messiah, the people understand the risks. They understand that the steps are dangerous, but they can handle themselves. Well, we did lose like a family. Are you just starting? <laughs> I'm not starting anything, but like I'm saying, like there were people who were lost because I don't think that everybody realizes how dangerous the steps are. I was prepared, but this family wasn't, and like two children died. I think. Maybe there needs to be more information on how dangerous the steps are, but I don't think that you can blame a whole race of creature for how dangerous it is when it's not really their fault to begin with. I want to be very clear. She's becoming, like, impassioned by this, and she's, like, very animated, and her shoulders and her arms are moving and wiggling, and she's just, she's getting impassioned by this topic. Masia actually steps forward. There was, like, a... Pretty, there's a gap in between her and Pemeth, but she takes a step towards Sal and she goes, you have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I wasn't in that group where six people died and I had to defend myself against an old raider? I, that wasn't me? She says, I'm sorry, I, I thought I was confused. I thought that was me. She says, you are not from the city. You don't, just because you fought one of those carrion eaters once doesn't mean you know how they are eating our city from the inside like death rot she says turning to pete myth you're right i'm not from this city and i i don't have a lot of experiences but what i can what i can tell you was that i saw a baby looking for food amongst garbage and i saw someone else stealing fruit because he was starving. I don't really think that they're eating you out of house and home when you're clearly not treating them very well. She, uh, like, rolls her hand and, and like, dis- very dismissively. I don't like her. And she says, they dig through the garbage because they are filthy beasts. <laughs> I don't like her at all. She goes, it's a baby. It's a baby. It's a baby. She goes, they kill wantonly and without care. They are monsters. Were you not just talking about killing them wantingly and without care? Does that not also make you a monster? Pete Myth has his, at this point, has his arms crossed. And he's just kind of like leaning back, watching you yell at this woman. This woman I do not know. I just stepped right in. Social, uh, Social justice warrior. I will also say... Very naively, though. I know nothing about them. For all I know, that they are they are actually, like, monsters. Actually, no. Why don't you... You want to roll discern realities? Yes. I don't know entirely if you've triggered it, but I think if you care at all about, like, figuring out what's going on, you might want to. Okay. Because you might have some questions. I have a 12. Okay. I yeah. am 
This is why I don't make you roll all the time because you might you just you just are just destroying constantly. Oh, oh, where are these rules when we're playing Torchbearer? I don't know. I can't answer that. All right. So the questions I can ask. It's because I, you're using my dice, and my dice roll very well. That's because they're really good. Um, I can ask three questions from the list below. So. And you don't have to ask them all at once. All right. So I think I'm the three questions I'm gonna ask. What is useful to me okay. right now? I'm gonna right. ask that question. Right now. So what is valuable to you? Or useful. Or useful. I think peat myth is valuable or useful to you. Or maybe Messia would have been if you didn't piss her off by now. Okay. And she, at this point, has one hand, or she has her left hand resting on her broadsword blade. Okay. And I don't think it's... She got real aggressive. It's not so much that she's threatening to pull it out. But that whenever Messiah, you get the impression that when Messiah gets angry, she... She likes to be prepared. Yes. Got it. I, I don't think this is a she's going to attack you mm-hmm. thing. This is a she wants you to know she has it thing. Right. She says, um, I'm not going to let some hick from the outer cities come into Segaransa and tell us how she thinks we should treat our threats. I am not telling you how I think you should treat your threats. It sounds like I might be agreeing with some other people. And then I go to him and I'm like, do, do you, am I wrong? I thought I was, it sounded like I was agreeing with you, but I don't want to put words in your mouth and I don't want to, I mean, I already jumped in where I wasn't supposed to, but. Sounds very thoughtful. I'm trying to be. <laughs> I don't have a lot of common sense, but I am kind of intelligent, so. Pete Myth chuckles a little bit, and he uh, he he walks up to you and kind of, like, gets in between you and Messia. He goes, listen. And he turns to Messia, and he goes, here and now is not the time for this discussion, Messia. If you have grievances, bring them up to Sebastiao and I at the Guild Hall meeting. Until then, we're not going to make any official statements anyway. The girl is right. Everyone knows the Esha steps are dangerous. It has nothing to no- do with the gnolls. Messia, like, grits her teeth and growls a little bit. And then she turns to her compatriots, and uh, they make their way out of the crowd. They kind of, like, push their way out of the crowd, yeah. and they go to the stairs, and they start making their way down. The crowd kind of disperses a little bit. You hear some people grumbling about against you, and, like, in favor of Messia, that... Uh, you were, some people say, like, they can't be trusted and they, we have to run them out of town. But others kind of are rolling their eyes at Messiah's fiery rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're talking to some of Pete Myth's men. Uh, and Pete Myth turns and he looks up at you and he goes, he goes, you are pretty well spoken. Thank you. He extends a hand and he goes, my name is Pete Myth. I'm the head of the Mason's Guild. I extend my hand and I go, my name is... And then I pause because does she give her real name? Her father is the leader of a guild in a different city. Yes, but the leader of a guild. Does she give her real name or not? And I think she's still too stupid. So she's going to go, yeah, my name is Sal. Like, and she's like stumbling over her words. And she's like, yeah, my name is Sal. Actually, I'm going to make you defy danger. Uh Um. Have you been keeping an eye on making sure your hair is covering up that birthmark? Yeah, I haven't said that it's moved, and I originally said that it is cover. It's over my. I think I said it was my right shoulder to cover up that birthmark. 
Like, I, I move my hair over to the side yeah. so that it covers it up because the birthmark, I think I said the right side. I'll have to write that down. The birthmark comes up, like, towards my right ear, mm-hmm. but not... Like, if my hair was down and in behind me, you could see it, yeah. but if I cover it... Well, it's been a pretty busy day, and you've been doing a lot of things, and this short halfling guy is kind of like looking at you from a different angle so why don't you make a defy danger roll to make sure that nobody can see this birthmark i got a five hold on hold on what am i def- what am i doing let's see um because i might be able to add something maybe mental fortitude what, what would you use if you were trying to make sure that you keep up a habit i would say mental fortitude if you're trying to make sure that you follow yeah. a habit follow a routine yeah so that'd wisdom. Be wisdom. That does not help me. So I fail that roll. Okay. I'm going to mark experience. I'm trying yeah. to see the positive in this. Yeah. As she says her name, she's like starting to like move her hair. And maybe that's when he notices it. Okay. Because I failed the roll. He noticed it. I think I've been using the word sly a lot mm-hmm. to refer to Pete Myth. So I'm going to use it again. I need to think of some synonyms. Um, but he very slyly like smiles and he goes, Sow. What city did you say you were from again? I didn't. <laughs> okay. He uh he actually actually he does he laughs at that. He goes, I got gotcha. you. What you just witnessed what is pretty frequent occurrence here for the past uh five years the city's taken a pretty uh well some would say the city has taken a lenient position on the null population in the city. Which people like Messia aren't happy about. I can see that. He goes, uh, I appreciate you coming forward, though. I think that was a brave thing to do. Thank you. I uh, try, you know, I try to put myself out there every once in a while. He goes, uh, what are you doing in the city? I'm not sure yet. I think I'm exploring myself and who I am as a person. He goes, um, well... Our next town meeting is in a few nights, and I think you should be there, just in case. Just in case what? Just in case you have an interest in taking part in uh, our government process. Okay. And I get his information to add his slip of paper to all my other slips of paper. So... You start keeping a roll of um, He tells you where the guild meeting hall is. Okay. It's in a part of the city north of... Ukurasao. So somewhere I have not been. Yeah, somewhere you haven't been. Okay. There's a guild meeting hall north of Ukurasao near the train tracks. And he is the head of the Masons Guild. Okay. I don't think he tells you where that is, but he does tell you where the guild meeting hall is. Like where to show up. Yeah. Okay. If you are interested in joining the guild. How many nights away is it? It's not tonight, right? Let's say it's three nights away. Okay. Uh, there's a weekly meeting, and the next one is a, is in a few nights. He tells you this, and he he like tells you how to get there, like very briefly. Just says, you know, come if you can. Okay. And uh, then I think he kind of turns to the rest of the crowd and he starts shaking hands and talking with people. And he says, um, it was good meeting you, Sal. It was good meeting you. And he starts elbowing with other people okay. is there anything else you want to say to him or anybody not that i can think of no um i start making my way down to the second level oh okay and i just kind of walk around that level don't forget you still have two discern reality questions <gasps> oh that's 
that's right. No, I'm not leaving yet. You don't want to leave yet? No, I'm not leaving yet. Oh, I can't believe I forgot about that. When I'm talking to him, I'm backtracking. Mm -hmm. or retconning a little bit. When I'm talking to him, I'm asking what here is not what it appears to be. This might be something that you already know. I'm not sure if it's clear. But for all of his posturing about the Knowles, you get the sense that Pete Myth doesn't actually care. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, he's talking a lot about, you know, they have, you know, every right to be here, but you get mm -hmm. the sense that he, this is a political position, not a personal position. Got it. All right, and then um, my last question is, so I kind of want to ask, what should I be on the lookout for? But I kind of feel like I would get the same answer that I just got. I'm going to retcon a little bit again, too. Well, not really retcon, you... but I'm kind of like going back. So okay. who's really in control here? When the two groups were together, mm -hmm. like, could I tell who had more power? Oh, Pete Myth. Okay. Absolutely. That's what I thought, but okay. Did I just throw that question away? I may have. No, I mean, I think that's probably good to confirm. Yeah. Sound goes down to level two. And you're just walking around? Yeah, just checking it out, seeing, mm. seeing what's there. Uh, I think by now the sun is starting to set. It's not at the horizon yet, but it's getting there. Okay. Um, it's pre-dusk, a little mm -hmm. bit late evening. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the sky is kind of done up very beautifully. And this is the highest point in the city. So you can kind of just barely see outside of the walls of Segarasa out to the steps themselves. Okay. The clouds are lit up in silver and reds. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are up on the hill kind of enjoying the view. Is there anything specific you want to do? No, I just kind of wanted to walk around, see if I found anybody interesting. Make a wisdom roll. Make a plus wisdom roll. I got a seven. Plus wisdom is this whole zero, so I got a seven. You notice that someone is following you. Are there people talking or are there people selling stuff? Like little stands, selling religious things, or just people sitting around talking like chairs and tables? That's a good question. At this level, there are a few merchants selling things like the good luck charm that Sal wears, mm -hmm. and packets of Safira, and... Um, I stop at every single table to see if this person is still kind of watching me. Okay. Like out of the corner of my eye, I stop at every single one. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how you pick up on the fact that they're following you, is whenever you stop, this figure stops... And when you start walking, this figure starts walking. And you kind of just set, sense them out of the corner of your eye. Right. You haven't really gotten a good look at them yet, but you've noticed that, you know... I stop, they stop. Yeah. And that's not normal. Normal yeah. people don't do that. <laughs> I make my way down to the first level. Uh, so, yeah, you continue your way down, and these footsteps follow you. Uh, same distance. When you get down to the first level, this has more shops. Um, the last one was just a couple, like, little ones. Mm -hmm. It was mostly, like, for, like, looking out over the city and kind of just, like, a romantic spot. Maybe not romantic. I guess romantic in the traditional sense of the word. Um, but this is, yeah, more souvenir-y. Good luck charms. Um, so that means it's a little bit more crowded? Yeah, a okay. little bit. So I want to roll to defy danger and get out of the way by rolling decks. Here's what I think I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to double back and sneak up on them. I want to be sneaky about it and like hide in the crowd in a way or like manipulate the crowd in a way to get behind them. 
so here's how I think it happens uh-huh. in my head. This is what I'm planning. This is what I want to have happen. Mm-hmm. I want to find a stall that has something being sold on like three sides of it where there are a lot of people. Okay. So that I can kind of like start on one side where I know this person is watching me kind of move to the other side and then like duck, like make myself small, mm-hmm. duck into the crowd, go across, up the side and back behind this person. Let's make that Dex. Okay. I got a five. So that in my head, it was a beautiful maneuver. <laughs> in reality, I tripped or something. I'm getting closer to leveling up, guys. Yeah, you are. You you are two, two points close. away. You try to sneak around this vendor, and uh, when you get around to the other side, the figure is gone. No! <gasps> no, because then if... Oh, no, that ruins my plans. Because then I was just going to march up to them and be like, why are you following me? But you've ruined my plans. Mm-hmm. No! Well. When you get around the other side, it you actually don't see anyone who, like, looks suspicious to you or looks like they were following you or anything. Okay. No one is paying any attention to you. So, except for the people who are like, why is this girl stalking around this cart? <laughs> I have, like, a going on face i'm i continue to move my hair to cover my right side mm-hmm. i don't know if it was my right side i'm retconning that it was my right side yeah i'm saying right side moving my hair to my right side kind of like playing with it so to make sure that it stays there it's long enough that it, if i play with it on the side it like all stays there i kind of have like a confused look on my face and then i start making my way down sound makes her way to the bottom of the hill when you get to the bottom you get back to that large park area right right? it has the park and it has there's the um there's the bridge that goes back over to the train station area right and uh like crosses over the the heartline river yeah which which i think i i said is dried up right oh i don't remember but i know now so i wonder where they got all that water from hmm when sal gets to the bottom a hand snaps out and grabs her wrist. Which wrist? Be specific. Uh, right wrist. Okay. I never said what side her sword was on, but I'm going to assume that she's right-handed, and so if you grab her right ha- her right wrist, she mm-hmm. can't grab her sword, which would be on her left side. Yeah. Right? So, um, they grab her right wrist, she pulls out her sword, like, so it's, pain- it's, so it's not in a dueling, like, Mm-hmm. So it's, like, pointed down. Like, that's very inconvenient. But she pulls it out anyway. Or she's trying to pull it out. Ah, she tries to turn to this person and be like, what are you doing? Uh, why don't you roll to defy danger? Where am I rolling? I'm rolling get out of the way acting fast, X. Yeah. Ha ha! I rolled a nine! With my modifier. There's nothing you can do to me to make Stumble, that bad. Stumble, hesitate, or flinch. So I don't get my sword all the way out. Maybe I don't get my sword all the way out. You have to offer me a worst outcome, hard bargain, or an ugly choice. So you're trying to pull out your sword. With my left hand, which is already very awkward. Yeah. I think the figure that um, is grabbing you is grabbing you tightly enough that if you want to try and rest out and like get your sword out, you might, you're going to hurt yourself in the process. I'm getting my sword out with my left hand. He's grabbed my right hand. I can, why can't I move my left hand? You can. I'm. I'm thinking of it as them seeing you're going for it and them like jerking you. I so see that. Yeah. I think Sal can get it out, but she's gonna. She's gonna want, put I, herself she, in. Da- like she doesn't. She doesn't get it out. She, I think she just is grabbing it and tries to like get it out, but doesn't quite get it out. Okay. All right. So you you 
Sal fails to draw her sword, but yeah. doesn't take any damage. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you get your hand on the sword handle, but you can't get it out because they jerk you really hard. Mm-hmm. And Sal turns to this figure, and it is the knoll that she tripped, tripped earlier. Oh, and I have your food. He's dressed in like these like very colorful embroidered linens and is nothing like the bloody monster that you met out in the steps. Right. Aside from the fact that his lips are in a snarl and his teeth are bared and he goes, you almost got me beaten by the police. I didn't know, but I have your food. Do you want it? I think we're going to end there. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What does Bray say? What what does Bray say? So, yeah, I think we'll end there, and we'll pick up next week with uh, Sal having this uh, interaction with this null. I really wanted to make camp. I want my luck to go up. I'm so nervous. I only have one more luck. <laughs> I'm so nervous. We're gonna, we'll are gonna meet again next week Yay. to continue this. Uh, and now we want to say some thank yous. Or do you have something else you want to say? I think next week is going to be a weird week because both Zach B... Not both, because I think Zach B has something going on. It might not get up on time. Okay. It might go up a little weird. All right. So we will make sure to let you guys know if there's any weirdness next week. Yeah. Uh, there might be because we are going out. Yeah. We have some stuff coming Wait, up. Wait, are we going out next week? By the time this goes up, I think so. Okay. We have some stuff coming up. He has some stuff going up. We're not quite sure. Okay. We'll need to figure it out. So keep an eye on that. We do want to give thanks to Zach B., who is our editor, for all the amazing work that he does in making sure that this gets up on time and that it looks clean and that we don't sound like psychopaths. Yes. Also, happy anniversary, Zach B. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, their one-year anniversary will have happened. But happy one-year of wedded bliss <laughs> yay yay happy anniversary you guys we here at heart points are all about you know that yeah marriage love, love. yeah but not well, just marriage all, well, yeah, all not love. just all marriage love. All, all love all love we are we are not um hmm, i wonder what that's called traditional yeah yeah we're not that traditional except that we 100 well are we, very we personally i mean per, we, like I our mean, relationship I guess our, yeah our relationship yeah. is our relationship looks very tr- traditional. We as people probably aren't. No. So, but yeah, congratulations, Zach B. And also, Yay. thank you very much. Uh, we want to give a thank you to In Love with the Ghosts for the use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off the album Healing as our theme song. Um, if you haven't listened to their stuff already, you clearly don't like Yeah, I don't enough. know what else we can say to yeah. make you guys check it out. Really? Um, if you like us, please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really means a lot to us when we get reviews and when you guys like post it. Uh, it helps other people to find us, yes. which we need. Yeah, um, but also, like, I mean, it is a great way to torture your friends and your significant others by making them listen to our voices play this game. Yeah. For the sake of your relationship, torture your friends and yeah. your family members. Yeah, and recommend us to your role-playing game friend nerds. Yeah. You know, I listen to a lot of APs now. Um, and it's a little bit of an addiction, and uh, fun. I want to be some. I want to contribute to someone else's RPG addiction. Yeah. Um, so please recommend us. You can also follow us at HeartPointsPod um, on Twitter, and if please, you would please follow us. Please follow us. Please tweet about us. Um, you can tweet about us by mentioning us or by using the hashtag HeartPointsPod. Uh, we really appreciate it when you guys, you know, interact with us. We love seeing it. Yeah. Uh, special thanks to uh, Steve again and Chris for tweeting about us. 
we we really appreciate it yeah we love all the love we so love our friends and this is such a great way to shout them out yeah while, while we do something really really nerdy just so, so nerdy it, yeah it is just so i mean i'm i love it but we are just so nerdy yeah and we are actually recording this during uh gen con which i'm so sad that i'm not a gen con i'm so sorry like one day i'll get there maybe but, I mean, yeah. no one loves you enough for that. No. What are you talking about? Oh, that was so mean. I'm sorry. I love you. You're a nerd. I'm mean. I'm sorry. Uh, so thank you guys very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. In the meantime, have a very nice day. But, like, a really good one. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. But, right. like, have a really good, but, like, a really, really good day. No, nice day. No, but like I, well, I can change it if I want to. Oh. Like I want you to have a good day and a nice day and a great day and a fantastic day. Ah.